This week, despite its diplomatic immunity, Into the Bromleyverse ends as we discuss Lethal Weapon 2. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Into the Bromleyverse of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. I'm deeply impressed that we didn't do a three-hour western. Ah, I took it easy on you. You should also be thankful we didn't do the album review that I threatened of uh, Go West's Indian Summer. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's got Faithful and King of Wishful Thinking on it. I mean, King of Wishful Thinking is a fucking bop. Oh, yeah. No, it it's, it's actually a pretty is. rocking album. It's a, it great. slaps, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah. It's real TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, here we are. We have finally reached the end of Into the Bromleyverse, where Patrick Bromley picks four consecutive movies. Patrick, what movie did we watch today? Lethal Weapon 2. Ooh, that's right. It's got Pesci. Yes. <laughs> oh, sh- guys, we got Pesci. <laughs> we got a real live Joe Pesci in a movie. Whoa. And more incredibly frustrated Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Keeping with the uh, uh, the theme of all of our films having a suffering protagonist. Once again, we return back to the protagonist of our first Into the Bromleyverse movie. For more suffering, Danny Glover. Yeah, he's policing the mean streets of L.A. And That's they are true. very mean. Incredibly yes. mean. Well, you know, everyone's got diplomatic immunity, so That's it's really true. it's hard to keep order in that town. Those predators really should have filled out their paperwork. Well, they were super predators, the kind that Clinton warned us about. <laughs> <laughs> but Clinton wouldn't show up for like three more years. Yeah, no, he was already fucking around in the Senate by that point, wouldn't he? No, no governor. He governor. He was governor of Arkansas. Arkansas. Nobody listens to Arkansas. Yeah, that's true. Especially because ah. it's spelled Arkansas. Remember all those times we had to see all those headlines with Mike Huckabee in them? No. Yeah, he, <laughs> he played bass guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it slapped. No. No, I mean, I he really missed an opportunity though with uh, I Heart Huckabees. He really should have like latched onto that movie as a campaign. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. You know, get Naomi Watts involved. Yeah, if you're really gonna hit your wagon to any American filmmaker, I think David O. Russell's the guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, the one who called Billy Tomlin a cunt to her face. <laughs> sure, he was mad because she was asking questions about the scene. You can see where that's unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> He's just directed. What I love is for some reason Jason Schwartzman is like crouched down beneath a desk. <laughs> Wouldn't you be? <laughs> and that poor PA that has to come through the fake door is just like, I guess we gotta clear the set. <laughs> oh, fuck David O. Russell. Yeah, was it uh fucking someone punched him in the face? I was mean, it uh it's a, was Clooney? it Lily Tomlin? Because it probably should have been Lily Tomlin. Sure, it might have been Clooney. I think it was Clooney, Clooney on or uh, Three Kings. Yeah, yeah. on Three no. Kings. Oh wow, that guy directed Three Kings. Okay. Wahlberg showed up for the fucking director's commentary of High Heart Huckabees. So like. You're right. It he probably didn't have wasn't a problem. Yeah. You're right. So it was either Clooney, Ice Cube, or Spike Jones. <laughs> the Let's, other three stars of Three Kings. Let's yeah. hope it was all three at once. Yeah. Mm. Triple punch. Yeah, yeah, like at the Aven- uh, Avengers Endgame at the end, where they all punched Thanos at once. I don't remember how that movie ended. 
With a it funeral. was four hours long. <laughs> it ended the game, John. Didn't That's you bring true. all the things back together? Real quick before we get into Lethal Weapon 2. I remember distinctly when they were talking about how, like, oh, man, the next Avengers movie is not going to be called Infinity War Part 2. But we can't tell you what it's going to be called because that would be a spoiler for the end of Infinity War. And then it was just Endgame, which, like, I can't discern any plot from the previous movie based on... Endgame? <laughs> Aside from the fact that it is a line Doctor Strange says in Infinity War? Sure, but like, knowing that Doctor Strange says that's not going to spoil the end of Infinity War. I think it spoils the end of it because when he comes back and he's like, this is the one thing, but there's 30 minutes left and you're like, they're going to kill Thanos again. Yeah. <laughs> we know how this ends. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Just a weird choice. Weird flex. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyways, Moon Knight's coming out soon. I'm very excited. Hell so. yeah. <laughs> and the Miss Marvel trailer dropped, and that looks dope. Yeah. Anyways, Lethal Weapon 2 begins, like all movies do, in media res, in media car chase. Yeah. It's uh, the mean streets of L.A. a few years after the events of Lethal Weapon 1. Murtaugh and Riggs, played by Danny Glover and uh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> yep, it's uh, kind of impossible to really get around it, but Mel Gibson, terrible human being. Solid performance in this movie, but uh, it doesn't feel good saying nice things about this man. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2 begins like all movies do, uh, with a car chase. Uh, like I say, it was, you got Murtaugh, you got Riggs, it's Danny Glover, it's Mel Gibson. Hey, you quick asterisk, because we are definitely going to cut out a lot of that. We don't like Mel Gibson on this podcast. He's a bad dude. Yes. Oh, yeah, he did terrible things. He's not a bad enough dude to rescue the president, though, but he is a bad dude. Yeah, that's right. Has Mel Gibson ever rescued a president? Not that I know of, and I will. I make it my business to know who rescues presidents. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Mel Gibson rescue a president. Well, probably because he's not an American. He'd have to rescue their prime minister or something over there. Oh, yeah, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyways, uh, there's a car chase going on through L.A. Uh, like all car chases in 80s movies, it's entirely reckless and filled with way too much property damage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cars will crash and then beat and then explode. Yeah, yeah and nobody takes any of it seriously. They joke the entire time. Yeah, Including that's right. when it, people are dying in explosions. Yeah, like an entire cop car explodes full of police. Police that are of the same precinct, presumably... As uh, Riggs and Murtaugh. They were talking on the radio yeah. earlier. Yeah. And Riggs is just like, oh boy, hot enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> Civilians are dying and they're just like making goofs. Oh yeah. But it's 1989, so it's okay. That's yeah. true. Batman hadn't come out to clean up the mean streets yet. Tim Burton's Batman kills so many people. <laughs> like, I know we all love to talk about how, like, Batman doesn't kill. And you know what? 90% of the time, that's true. But Batman rolls up to access chemicals, which is just full of goons, drops a tiny bomb in front of it, and explodes it. The best is in Batman Returns, where they just let Burton off the leash. And he's like, oh, I don't even have to pretend I like comic books anymore. And Batman is just... He doesn't show up very often in that movie, but when he does, he is gleefully murdering anyone. <laughs> anyone that looks at him gets a bomb in the pants, baby. Oh. 
Uh, so, uh, although after watching uh, Nightmare Alley, it kind of reminded me of like, fuck, Art Deco in the winter with snow. More movies in that setting, please. Oh yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed Nightmare Alley. That was a solid flick. Yeah. I liked it a whole lot. I don't think I'm ever gonna watch it again because it is a real like gut punch of a movie. Sure. In a lot of ways, but yeah, like, yeah. hell yeah, that movie was real good. Yeah. Mm. I mean Guillermo del Toro, you know. You yeah. Know, it's good shit. Anyways, so there's this car chase going on. A lot of people get exploded and die. Riggs and Murtaugh think it is hilarious. Oh, yeah. The guys they are chasing uh, are South African uh, drug dealers, maybe? We super don't know what led up to this car chase, and I don't think we ever actually, like, find out. No, we don't. Yeah, all we know is that it was supposed to be a drug bust. And it goes horribly wrong. Eventually, what happens is the bad guys, uh, some of the bad guys get t- t- lifted off by helicopter. Riggs and Murtaugh chase another couple bad guys uh, in- and force their car to drive into a frame store. Yeah. Um, Where it flips over. And then those, that guy runs away. But they do find in the trunk of that car half a billion, or it's like, like a, a hundred. A great deal of Krugerrands. Yes. Yeah, gold Krugerrands. The uh, uh, the, the official currency of Kruger Town. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Each one of them has one of those little gloves with knives on it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, also we should point out that for the first seventy-five percent of this movie, uh, Merton Riggs are using for their police vehicle a station wagon. Yeah, correct. And the station wagon <clears throat> will achieve. Uh, large amounts of like realistic battle damage throughout the movie. Yeah, yes. the, the station wagon is much like Bruce Willis in the first Die Hard movie, where it just gets put through the ringer and right. keeps those those uh, injuries. In this car cars. chase, it goes up on one wheel and scratches the other entire side of the car on like a bridge guardrail. The whole fucking windshield and gets the shot whole out. Windshield gets shot out. Yeah. Later on, it's it's bumper will get ripped off. Oh, it's bad, and it's Murtaugh's wife's station wagon. Station wagon, yeah. Yep. Uh, so after that happens, they, we cut to the next day inside the police precinct, and the boss, oh, the police captain's very upset, uh, as all police captains were from the years 1984 to 1997, because of the extraordinary amount of property damage. <laughs> <laughs> And the lost lives of their yeah. fellow officers. The Lethal Weapon movies are why we stopped car chases. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't be until The Wire redefined uh, the head of a police precinct as just like dangerously corrupt that we wouldn't get like a new flavor of police chief. <laughs> right. Um, I will say... Man, guys, uh, sorry. Uh, we're three uh, white-bearded fellas of a certain age, and we ain't never done a podcast about The Wire? <laughs> it's a TV no. show. We watch movies here, John. Yeah, but you'd think... I mean, it's a quality TV program. You should totally Look, watch if it you're just TV. slightly younger than us, it's it's your Breaking Bad, mm. you know? But we're just old enough where it's like, nah, I remember when The Wire did it first. Sure. Sopranos gets kind of grandfathered in. I was going to say, for me, Sopranos and Oz were the TV shows of I think Oz was in fact the first of everyone. I I ain't never seen Oz, but I've seen uh, the first four seasons of Sopranos and keep threatening to finish it. It's worth it. I know. It's good. I know. I still haven't watched any Sopranos. It's pretty good. It's real good. It's pretty good. Uh, anyways, so the police chief is real mad, and he's like, "You should. This is a drug bust, and all you came at me with, with is Krugerrands. How dare you?" Yeah, yeah and then the Krugerrands come up to life, and they're just like, "I'm gold, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> We're Krugerrands, really. 
Um, well, you got to understand, they're metaphorical. They they haunt the police precinct because the cops didn't read Freddie his Miranda rights, so he got to just go free for all the child murder. Yeah. That's why they got to set him on fire later. That's fair. But that only turns him into a nightmare ghost. Right. Later on, the police will create their very own task force, the Dream Warriors, to take care of it. Starring Dokken. Yes, starring Don Dokken. <laughs> that makes sense. He's the head of the Dream Warriors. Yeah. All right, this is officially a podcast about Nightmare on Elm Street 3, <laughs> the Dream Warriors. It is the best of the Nightmare on Elm Street it's movies. It's so good. It is, like, it's not even close. Like, none of the, like, the first one is a The first one, like, as a movie unto itself is incredibly tense and dark. Yes. And really, like, the scene where uh, the classmate is being, like, dragged out of the classroom in a body bag with a streak of blood is like haunting imagery but holy shit dream warriors is the first one the one where johnny depp gets eaten by his bed correct yes. okay which is doubly why it's awesome yeah but dream warriors is even better <laughs> and it's We're not the dream warriors <laughs> like it's not awesome because it's got the don docking theme song oh but it helps but it oh but it adds like 10 extra stars it would be like when the boobs show up and lead them up in <laughs> all right it's pretty stellar anyways uh murton riggs uh, are back in the police station. Riggs is wearing a straight jacket uh, because he has bet that he can get himself out of it. Everyone's taking bets on him. Yeah. Um, Riggs eventually gets out by dislocating his own shoulder. Yeah, we learned that like he how, can do that at will. Yeah, that's how Houdini did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then he like pops it back in by like slamming it against a file cabinet. Keep this in mind, folks. This is the Act 1 shoulder dislocation. This is Chekhov's shoulder. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so anyways, uh, they uh, all pay up. Riggs is like, hey, everyone, Murtaugh's daughter's got a commercial on later tonight. Everyone watch it at 8 o'clock. You remember when you knew what time a commercial was going to air? <laughs> I think you are forgetting when this came out. Because uh, we are just, what, like... Two, three years removed in the future from when, like, you will set your VCR to record the Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Also, didn't uh, I believe that we also recorded the California Raisins commercial? The California oh, Raisins sure, one had premiere dates that yeah. were advertised. Yeah. 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 Madonna yeah. eventually does, uh, I think, was it Coca Cola? Yeah. Like I mean, that. Elton John did a Pepsi commercial. Ray Charles yeah. did fucking Pepsi commercials for like a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like yeah, they would say like on whatever show you were hosting, just like stay tuned at the end of the show, we're gonna premiere the world premiere of like this weirdo fucking television. They commercial. would tag that on your local news. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They would be like, uh, four people died in a drug sting this week, and uh, we are still trying to find out the leader. Meanwhile, stick around after the broadcast tonight for the new California Raisins commercial for. <laughs> Raisins. Guys, you're not <laughs> going to believe this. The Raisins are jazz musicians, and they do a whole dance. R&B. Yeah, they do Motown songs, yeah. John. <laughs> Jeez, a whiz. Look, I only Heard remember... the grapevine? They weren't doing the CCR version. <laughs> <laughs> now that's jazz. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember any of the actual like audio that came with that. I just remember at the end, the camera would always pan up to the crescent moon with the sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, that moon fucking knew what was going on. They used Hell to know yeah. how to make a commercial. They used to it's know true. how to make raisins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, 
the boss is just like, hey, I got you. Oh, no. Then we go to Murtaugh's house. It's nighttime. It's time for the premiere of the big commercial. Yeah, but first, they got to they gotta go through his uh, in-progress workshop that's being built by one contractor <laughs> at 7.30 uh, p.m. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's 7.30. It is nighttime. Uh, uh, Murtaugh takes Riggs into the hobby room that's going to be built above his two-car garage that's being built. Uh, the guy, the contractor in there uses his nail gun once. Riggs and Murtaugh immediately draw down on this poor guy. Yeah. Again, probably this movie has the most realistic depiction of police officers. Yeah, it's true. Constantly traumatized and Uh, just ready to shoot their problems. I will say Murtaugh has, uh, once he sees the nail gun the guy has... He gets real horny for it. I was going to say, Murtaugh has the same response like any of us would have had at like 13 years old, which is like, can I hold your nail gun? Can I hold your nail gun? And the contractor's like, technically you are in fact my boss, so legally you have to hold my nail gun. But also, stop gripping my nail gun. Yeah, Yeah, because this, again, uh, this is like, he's putting floor down. These are like huge fucking like four to six inch nails. Yes. Yeah, they're big nails. Uh, so they leave. They go downstairs. There's a brief moment before where Mur- uh, Riggs is talking to Murtaugh's wife in the kitchen as Riggs prepares his dinner. And Riggs's dinner is two cans of Hormel chili in a big pot, which what I contend is an apple that he cut up. No, but the I truth... I think it's an unpeeled onion. I was going to say, the truth is not any better than an apple. An apple, you could at least make an argument of like... Oh, it's like an experimental cuisine. But, like, no, an onion belongs in the chili, but he takes an unpeeled onion, quarters it, and then just throws the it in. The whole thing in, yeah. Sure. And, and then, then crumbles, like, several Oreos into it. Yeah. And for you the, got For that crunch, baby. Yeah. yeah. And then you're thinking, he didn't crumble several Oreos in there, did he? But later on, he There's will ask... There's a callback to it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, later on, he will ask somebody, how do you like your chili with Oreos crumbled <laughs> in it? <laughs> And he also, he goes to the fridge and he pops open a beer and you're like, this makes sense. He's going to pour the beer into the chili to give it some extra flavor and depth. Nope, just drinks it. That's yep. drinking. The Hormel's got all the flavor he needs. That's true. Yep. Why mess with perfection? Right. Hormel's got all the flavors everybody loves. Salt. Red stuff. Ooh, a uh, pungent funk. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the funk. <laughs> Mostly just salt. Absolutely no spice whatsoever. Does the name Hormel inspire spicy (laughs) thoughts to you? I mean, yeah, but that's only because I've seen their old logo. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's nothing but curves on that thing. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh. I'm gonna fuck that logo. <laughs> Back in America when we used to make fuckable logos. <laughs> you ever seen the old 7 Eleven logo? Cool boy. I'm gonna fuck that logo. Hell yeah. All curves, baby. <laughs> Look like a George O'Keefe painting. <laughs> uh, so- ah, history is a nightmare. <laughs> So they all uh, they all gather around the TV. They're gonna record it on the VHS. The big debut of of Murtaugh's daughter's commercial. 
and it comes on and there's also there's a character that gathers around the television that only George. has he only has this scene yeah he's theoretically the girl the daughter's boyfriend but yes. he like super gets like a whole setup a whole oh, little yeah. backstory and everything oh absolutely they spend a lot of time with this kid and we never see him again well nope. I mean mostly he's there to provide a setup for a bunch of like threatening dad jokes sure yeah, I was gonna yeah. say yeah he's there to be like the the weird boyfriend that the 80s dad has to be like contractually mean to yeah. and like I get that he's like a little uncomfortable because you know Murtaugh's not really taking it very easy on him but the way that he is photographed in this movie I swear to god I thought he was gonna turn out to be working with the South Africans <laughs> yes he's there's a lot of like menacing music there's a lot of weird Dutch angles <laughs> a lot of close ups on old George yeah, well, he's probably a friend of a friend of a camera guy mmm uh, so we see the commercial debuts. It's uh, it's Murtaugh's daughter. She's in a bathing suit on the beach. There's a bunch of other people on the beach. They're running around, and it's uh, oh, you're on the beach, blah blah blah. And a big long, long, long story short, it turns out to be a commercial for Ramsey's condoms. You know the ones. Which like, let's just camp out on a second. Ramsey's condoms. Ramsey's. You know the one. Well done. Well done, yeah. movie. Yeah. Ramses. Right, because it's You like, know what you're getting. Trojan? That's that's a terrible surprise. Yeah. Yes. That's a, No, you open it up and it's... Oh no, now I've been conquered. This is no good. Yep. Ramses getting down to brass tacks. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny because it's like a pharaoh, but also it's Ramses. Yeah. 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 Like I'm having the fucking for the Ramses. You know how it is. <laughs> I do know how it is. Ramses yeah. for the funsies. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, this is greatly disturbing to Murtaugh. To Murtaugh. Yeah, Murtaugh takes it like an 80s cop dad would by immediately threatening to shoot his daughter's boyfriend for complimenting the commercial. Then also the contractor's in there and he's just like, I thought it was pretty good. I want to go buy some rubbers (laughs) right now. (laughs) Uh, What I like is his youngest daughter says like, Dad, I know what condoms are. They teach us this every day in human development. That's right, baby. Every day? Every day. Every day. I guess they're being taught by Memento. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We have to understand, part of her curriculum is human development every day. And I have to assume that it's like, unlike, it's instead of the Pledge of Allegiance, <laughs> it is, just remember, Ramsey's condoms <laughs> if you don't want to get knocked up. Yeah. Also, can I just say for Ramsey's condoms, just call them Ramsey's rubbers. The alliteration is right there. Oh, yeah, true facts. Yeah. Yeah, missed opportunity. That's bad ad salesmanship. Hey, Mike Huckabee. Yeah, there's another Mister Rubbers. <laughs> All right, that's the last guy I want involved in any form of prophylactic. Oh man, we should have him on the show. He could play bass. Ooh, he could play bass. He could play bass, Mark. I'm sure he knows the theme song to Seinfeld. Yeah. I can play bass, and we could watch his favorite movie. It's probably John Wayne's The Fight in Seabees. Uh, it's clearly the Green Berets, <laughs> where John Wayne wins Vietnam. Yeah. Why you guys want another person to come play bass? I play bass. Yeah, but you're not my Huckabee. And you're not I the governor be. of nothing. I could <laughs> be. Yeah, you're gonna have to play guitar while my Huckabee's on the show. Yeah, rhythm guitar. Rhythm guitar. <laughs> yeah, John's gonna do all the fancy stuff. That's true. And I'm singing. <laughs> this is gonna be a great band. <laughs> Our no percussion. 
No, no percussion. Our Huckabee's whole... got it on the bass. He's gonna smack it when we need that. That's little true. Something. Any kind of percussion that puts devil thoughts in your head. <laughs> true facts, guys. Our whole minisode is just gonna be me playing an unplugged electric <laughs> bass, playing the night, the opening bars of the Night Court theme song, <laughs> while we scream at you. You're the governor of wishful thinking. <laughs> Ooh, if I could learn the baseline to King of Wishful Thinking, that'd <laughs> yeah, be fun no, too. that would be pretty rad. I bet Mike Huckabee knows it. Do- it's not that can't be that hard now that I think about it. Yeah. I don't need to Just cause you come into I'm gonna be singing that all night long now. Hell yeah. Learn it up, man. It's real good. Great song. Uh anyways, uh so now everyone leaves. Uh, stuff happens. Riggs stays the night, I guess. Riggs is there in the morning Riggs, with his laundry. Riggs lives there part time, I think. Yeah, actually, it's in the morning. I believe that he makes the chili. Now that I think about it, or yeah, it's after the commercial. I think the chili happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Glover goes for a walk. Yeah, and everybody else splits down. But anyway, I think we get to the next day, and now we're gonna get Pesci. Yes, it's the next day. They go to work, and the captain's like, I got a job for you. There's a witness. He needs protection. He's in a hotel. You just got to stay with him for a few days until the marshals pick him up. And then there's, like, a whole big, like, another bit. This movie's got so many, like, bits in it. It's constant bits. Um, And there's, like, this is shit work. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah. It's a whole rabbit season, duck season, blah, blah, blah. So they uh, go to this hotel, and it's an accountant that they have to carry, uh, take care of. His name is Leo Getz. He is played by Joe Pesci. Hey! Hey! hey. Okay, 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 okay. I was okay. going to say, 90% of his dialogue is, okay, 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 okay. And at least 80% of his dialogue is just pure cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the 80s. So. That's true. Yeah. And they definitely, there were times where Richard Donner, director of this feature film, just left the camera rolling, went to have a smoke, came back, and like, oh, shit, you guys did a scene. Ah, <laughs> oh, that makes my job a lot easier. I mean, look. Hey, Dick, you gonna edit that? Nah. Fuck no. <laughs> no. I got need. Superman money. What the fuck do I need this for? He's got Superman one and a half money. Hey, that's still more Superman money than you have, Mark. Yeah. You're the Superman of wishful thinking. Ah, that one too. That one too. <laughs> that one too. Mike Huckabee has more <laughs> Superman money. <laughs> Please stop saying that creep's name. I want him on the podcast. No, you we don't. We Mike Huckabee. Why would you want to? Ooh, ask him if he still gets that governor's mansion. Yeah, yeah, we can ask him. Ooh, if that governor's mansion has one of those, like, Ghostbusters fire poles that you can oh, slide yeah. down. Oh, one of those man. toilets where the tank is, like, up on the wall and Ooh. the toilet bowl is down at the yeah. bottom. Yeah, oh. where, uh, where, where Vito Corleone stashes the gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the Huckabee Mance. Yeah. Ooh, we could call it the Huckabee Mance. No, you, enjoy your show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think it's at this point that, yeah, they meet uh, Joseph Pesci. Yeah. Uh, he explains that he was the launderer of the drug money. Yes. Uh, so he kind of, at this point, sort of starts to explain what drug laundering was. But, uh, uh-oh, there's a knock at the door. What could it be? Room, Room service. service. Perfect. Uh, they let him in. 
Uh, he says, hey, this is a hamburger. I ordered eggs. The room service guy, you ordered death. <laughs> I couldn't get my bass out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> so you're playing guitar yeah. to help Mike But be still, gone. hold on. See, Night Court, I did it! (laughs) Yeah, come top that, Mike Huckabee! I put it to you, Mike Huckabee! (laughs) You wanna step into the beast play and ring with me? It's been a while since Macho Man popped by. Yeah, good to see you, Mr. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye! Uh, anyways, so, yeah, uh, the room service man is trying to murder Joe Pesci for the crime of being very small. So uh, Mel Gibson pushes the murdering guy and Joe Pesci right out the window, and they all fall seven stories into the hotel pool. <laughs> it looks real fun. It actually does look really. Yeah, I've red. always wanted to do that with the tray table. Like it's all going out. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, it was really nice to see a bunch of like. Practical kick-ass stunts. Oh yeah, in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- yeah, because it's like uh, in terms of like actual spectacle, this is a pretty big movie for the 1980s. But in terms of action today, even like the John Wick stuff that relies on a lot of like grounded, realistic action right. and fight scenes, it's not huge. But there's a lot of character in it. Yes, and absolutely. I think that really gets it. Most of that character is Riggs just throwing himself into the worst possible situation. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's a pretty easy setup. Riggs tries to kill himself with almost everything he tries to do, and Murtaugh makes jokes about it. Yeah. yeah! But the thing is, with the difference between Lethal Weapon 1 and Lethal Weapon 2 is, Riggs no longer has a death wish. Right. Like, they've excised that portion of his, like, character out of the movie, and now he's just, like... A weirdo. He's yeah. yeah, he's a loose cannon who has very complicated feelings about Golden Pen. Yes. 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 Uh, anyways, uh, Riggs punches Joe Pesci a bunch of times because he thinks it's the he thinks South it's the African guy. guy. Yeah. I mean, really, if you had the opportunity to punch Joe Pesci a couple times, sure. scot free, yeah, you gotta take it. You gotta take Meanwhile, it. Meanwhile, the murderer guy totally gets away, climbs yes. out of the pool, and makes a break for it. There is a distractingly Burt Reynolds esque extra in the pool <laughs> sequence. <laughs> could have been Burt Reynolds. It could have been Burt. He was just there summering. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we are introduced to uh, Arien Rudd, the, the South uh, Africans, the South Africans. Yeah. Uh, of uh, he's the leader. He's the uh, diplomat. He works at the consulate there. He is also a head of the uh, South African drug trade, apparently in Los Angeles. Apparently, where he, they get paid in Krugers, bitch. Krugerings, <laughs> man. Uh, he murders a goon almost immediately. Uh, to be fair, it's the goon's fault. He walked into a room where there was plastic tarp on the floor. And all the lights turned out. Yeah. yeah. That is either an orgy or a murder, and there's not enough people for an orgy in that room. That's true. Dude. There's only three people. That is merely a threesome. Exactly. There's a lot of Come fish, on. though. That's true. That's true. What's the uh, What's the Simpsons guy? Oh, uh, not Lionel Hutz. No. But Troy McClure. Troy McClure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Troy McClure or she could have um, and then nobody does that to fish <laughs> <laughs> by the way it's it's very interesting uh, so, something that I have noticed just personally in my life that when you're a kid 
It's Bart. It's Bartmania. Bart's the guy. Do the Bartman. You do the eat Bartman. my shorts. You eat all the shorts and then have weird propaganda for Desert Storm. Yes, of yeah, course. Well, I mean, that's I, important. Then in my, like, late teens into, like, early adulthood, it was all Homer. Homer is the guy. Love that Homer. I have reached a point in my life where Marge is hands down my favorite Simpsons character. <laughs> she secretly has the best lines in the entire series. It's always Dr. Nick for me. <laughs> yeah. Nick's got some good ones, but Marge's lines are cuttingly sad and often tell an entire separate episode in just like one joke. A hundred percent true. Uh, specifically yeah. thinking about, uh, it popped up on Twitter recently, of her talking to Lisa just saying... Now, Lisa, your father can be very sensitive sometimes. Remember when I giggled at his Sherlock Holmes hat? He sulked for a week and then closed down his detective agency. (laughs) And just like, ah, that's so good. That tells a whole story. 100%. No, you're you're super right. Uh, Anyways, uh, that night, uh, because of the bad guy played by Joss Ackland, he's like, we need to get these cops off my ass. And we cannot over... Explain just how wildly different everybody's South African accent is. Oh, well, they are all of dubious wow. quality. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> there's some of them are a little there's more. There's some New Zealand. There's some there's Irish. Some Irish yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah, there's some English. There's some sort of Dutch, German. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure at least one of them was just straight up Canadian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't like this apartheid, eh? <laughs> uh, this is also. During apartheid. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, the South Africans are definitely the bad guys. No oh, yeah. No question. Uh, so, Joss Ackland, the bad guy uh, who again, he plays Aryan Rudd, uh, he sends his goons to get uh, the cops, specifically to Murtaugh, yeah, uh, to, to, to lay off the case. So, that night, while Murtaugh and his wife sleep, uh, a bunch of armed South, a bunch of masked South Africans break into their house, duct tape them like. Hog tie them with duct tape yeah. and cover their mouths and leave them in bed and threaten them and their children's livelihoods. Well, they specifically say just like, where are your kids? I don't know. Let your imagination run wild. Now back off the case. And they leave without <laughs> like specifying like which case, dude. Well, like I probably thought that his South African accent was going to give it to him, but his accent, as you pointed out, is kind of Irish. That's true. So yeah. it's just like, oh shit, the IRA? Did they... <laughs> I remember they tried. They recently tried to kidnap that family of royals. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh man, there was that bookstore they were involved with. I don't know. Oh, this, I look, it. this predates that by like three years. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Lethal Weapon Two was just a crystal ball into the future. They knew all about kidnapping royals and putting secret messages in your book binderies. That's true. If only we listened to the prescient warnings of Lethal Weapon Two. Uh, so anyways, uh, Joe Pesci's the one who's like, they, they start questioning Joe Pesci, because it turns out he's a money launderer who has money, a lot of money specifically for South African drug lords, and he knows, like, oh, I had a job interview at this house on stilts out in the Hollywood Hills. Which is adorable. A job interview? That's yeah. adorable. That's yeah. an You gotta yeah. chat him up. Put on your little tie. You, you rehearse where you see yourself in five years. Hello, you know? Mr. Drug Dealer, sir. I would love to launder your money for you, sir. I think my biggest weakness is I'm just too loyal. Yeah, <laughs> man. So loyal. 
to be fair, Leo gets his biggest weaknesses skimming off the top yeah. of all the money he's laundering. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's explaining this. He's like, who's going to $10,000 here, $20,000 here? Who's going to miss it? Drug dealers. Drug yeah. dealers, Leo. Yeah. yeah. What? And again, I love like, that he goes... Yeah, they yeah. did do that. Yeah, they did. They <laughs> I mean, did. you may have noticed he has turned state's evidence. You don't do that when things are going well. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so he takes them to Stilt House. Yes, uh, Stilt House, the manor house. <laughs> yeah. In Stilt House did Kubla Khan build his Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they arrive at Stilt House. Uh, they, uh, without a warrant or probable cause, immediately break Ooh, in. Ooh, but Riggs disguises himself as a pool boy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and two guys come out and they go, Hey, why are you in here? <laughs> Mr. Poo. And he's like, I'm here for the pool. Because he's Australian he's still. still Australian. <laughs> yeah, that American accent has And they're accent like, yeah, yeah, the pool. pool. And he's like, bro, yeah. <laughs> and then he beats them up with pool cleaning equipment. Which, to be fair, in Los Angeles, questioning an undercover cop about whether or not there's a pool is an arrestable offense. That's true. Yeah. That's a felony charge if it sticks. Yeah, no, I mean, this is Riggs and Murto on the 89 LAPD. I, yeah. don't, I don't think they have rules. <laughs> yeah. They got one rule and that's diplomatic immunity <laughs> that's right uh so they uh they fight their way through some goons Riggs uh almost gets thrown off of the roof Murtaugh's the one who uh he was able to get them Riggs has a thing he does multiple times in this movie where he chases after guys moving in fast moving cars on foot on foot and catches them <laughs> yeah <laughs> This guy that he's about to chase, though, is legitimately in a tow truck that is pulling a car that hasn't been fully towed. Right. So it probably isn't going full speed. Nah, it's going even faster because there's more wheels on the ground. <laughs> uh, so Riggs catches up to this guy and climbs onto the towed car and begins climbing his way to the front. Meanwhile, Murtaugh and Leo are in hot pursuit behind the station them, wagon. Which now has uh, it's uh, a new windshield that's been duct taped on. <laughs> Gotta wait for that glue to dry. Yeah. Uh, so there's another little car chase here with, again, some really great stunt work. Um, oh, yeah, Mel Gibson's all over the place. He's on the back of the truck. He's on the front of the truck. He's hanging off the grill. Yeah, he's hanging off the side. Uh, big, long chase. Eventually, it ends when uh, the bad guy... The, yeah, the truck comes to a sharp stop, which... Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, enough that the station wagon in pursuit hits the car that's half-towed, which jumps the car over the tow truck, which runs into a truck coming the other way that has a surfboard. The surfboard gets knocked off from the roof of that truck and then plunges into the neck of the driver of the tow truck. Yeah. It's yeah. like a Rube Goldberg murder. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. It's pretty great. Yeah. He's Ooh, decapitated Riggs, by a surfboard. Rick says, wipe out. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. Because a man just died. <laughs> Fuck yeah. In South African, though. But here's the thing. Is he if, like a whole person? If I die in, uh, like, uh, impaled by any kind of implement... Leave it the goddamn hell in my body for the funeral. <laughs> I want the funeral like in that one episode of Northern Exposure where the satellite hits the guy that that girl is dating and fuses to his bones so that they have to do a weird open casket with antennae sticking out. <laughs> John, I think you're the Northern only... Exposure? I was going to say, the yeah. only human being that can actually describe a single episode of Northern Exposure. Buddy, there was the one with the moose. 
There was that one. I have seen episodes of Northern that's, Exposure. No, no, no. That's an no, no. episode of Evening Shade, and you know it. Uh, in Northern Exposure, I thought you were going to reference the funeral where they build a trebuchet and launch a guy into a lake. That's a good one. That's a good one. I always forgot that, that Northern Exposure had its annual funeral episodes, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And that one guy that could turn into a bear. Yeah, bear guy. And I think Bradley Garrett at one point was like a dim sum chef that lived out in a mountain cabin. I think you're right. Yeah. It's a good show. Yeah, real offbeat. Fuck it. This is a Northern Exposure podcast. No! Let's get our orange coats on. Yeah! (laughs) Hold on, I can play the Northern Exposure theme song. I I bet bet you can't. can't. I bet you I can. (laughs) Oh, he (laughs) recorded us! God damn it. (laughs) We should hire Mike Huckabee to play different TV show theme songs. Huckabee, Huckabee, give me DuckTales. Yeah, come on, Huckabee, you coward. Any time, any place. So now, uh, I don't know, a bunch of fucking stuff happens in this movie. And yeah, also, we're all nothing over happens. the place. It's all, well, none of it, it, it's true that none of it has any weight. Like, it's hard to remember everything because none of it means anything. Nothing affects anything else that's going to or has happened in the course of the movie. Yeah. It's just a bunch of stuff that happened. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, like, soon after this car chase... Uh, Riggs and Murtaugh come across uh, Joss Ackland, the main bad guy. And they're just like, we're arresting you. And he's like, yeah. uh, check out these diplomat papers. Right. Yes. This is where we take the whole cop crew back to the stilt house and try to arrest everybody. And he gets diplomatic. But then we meet Blanche Lady. That's right. Uh, Rika is her name. Or Rekka. Rekka. Yeah, something South like Africa's that. got stupid names. Yeah, <laughs> you bunch of dummies. Afrikaans sucks. Go <laughs> Actually, I uh, did know some South Africans in high school. They were a pretty, pretty nice family. And they made great sausage, lots of black pepper. Yeah, just sure. stop having apartheid, you dipshits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually they did. Yeah, but then they gave us Elon Musk. Uh, right? No. No yeah, thanks. No. It's, I mean, I won't say worse, but it's pretty bad. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly not good. not good. It's a different kind of bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the main bad guy's like, you can't arrest me, you can't do anything, I have diplomatic immunity, and that goes for me and all of my criminal friends. Yeah. All of his yeah. goons have uh, diplomatic papers. Riggs and Murtaugh are leaving, they run into a blonde South African lady, she's got a briefcase uh, that she drops, Riggs goes to pick it up, the same time she goes to pick it up, and they bump heads in a little meat cute. Mm-hmm. Married then, now, that's legal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you headbutt a lady, she's your wife now. That's true. Legally, yes. Uh, this is where shithead bad guy comes out and says, You don't have the authority to open that briefcase. <laughs> it's like, fucking, all right, dude, you made your goddamn point. Yeah. yeah, so much of this movie is just the bad guys yelling at the cops, You can't do that, this yeah. bad. See, yeah. foreigners don't know about how the LAPD doesn't have any rules. Ooh, but Loverboy does. Lover, like the band Loverboy? Yeah. yeah. Versus the band Foreigner. That's the joke I was trying to make. Gotcha. Yeah. That, <laughs> All right. There were a okay. lot of footnotes to that <laughs> All right, one. there you go. Yeah. All right. Hey, Mike Huckabee, why don't you come over and explain that joke? I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. You know what, Mike Huckabee? Play me a Loverboy song. Come on, I know you know it. Here's the thing that I don't think you're quite getting about this, Mark. If Mike Huckabee comes down here to do this podcast, 
we can physically strike him. <laughs> oh, we our... each we get podcaster immunity. We each get one fair shot. Are you telling me I'm going to stand my ground against Mike Huckabee? No, you get to smack Mike Huckabee like Mel Gibson smacked Joe Pesci in that hotel room. Oh, True. Okay. Ooh, it doesn't work if you invite him in, though. Oh, Ooh, damn it. Yeah, Is Mike Huckabee it. a vampire? <laughs> True. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's why it keeps looking so young. And fresh. Yeah. You look into those dark, dreamy eyes. <laughs> Explain to me how he got this far in life if he doesn't have vampire hypnosis power. Yeah. Money? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But how'd he get the money? Vampire <laughs> Being Republican... Damn, that does make you some money. Yeah, yeah, but it also does make you a vampire. I think he was also a preacher, though. Which, ooh, John still got a point. That's true. Mm, yeah, okay. Vampires. Like yeah. in that comic book, Preacher. Yeah. That's true, there was a vampire. There was one vampire. Although he was not the preacher. No, he in was fact, Irish. Yeah, he was. That was his defining character. <laughs> he was Irish. Is that he was, his name was Cletus. Yep. He was Irish. And he drank a lot of alcohol. But he couldn't... Thanks, Garth Ennis. But he couldn't swallow the alcohol? No, yeah. I don't remember the rules. I remember that eventually there was a German guy who was like a secret agent for the Pope. And he got shot in his head. And he was bald. And it made it look like his head was a penis. And he had a pee hole on his head. (laughs) Yeah. And that was like a joke for like 50 more issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a great comic, guys. Thanks a lot, Garth Ennis. Well done. Yep. You, you Scottish weirdo. Anyways, uh, Riggs is Murtaugh. Uh, oh, this is when Riggs decides to stalk the guy. So yeah, he starts right. like uh, driving his truck in front of uh, Arjun whatever his Arjun name. Rudd's. And then he's standing outside of the uh, diplomatic place with yeah, the consulate with his end apartheid sign. It's a lot like Cape Fear. Yeah. The Scorsese, not the original. Sure, of course. And then he shows up on the security cameras, smoking, waving. Yeah, that's right. They try. Uh, he tries to. Uh, the bad guy tries to call down to security to have him removed, and he's like, "All right, buddy, you gotta go." And then Riggs shows his real badge. Yeah. And the mall cop's like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. It's a real bullet tooth Tony moment. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> My badge says LAPD. Your badge says Securitas. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of that. And then uh, Murtaugh... Well, Murtaugh eventually uh, decides that they are they, they hatch a scheme, the three of them. Joe Pesci is going to bring Murtaugh <laughs> into the consulate. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he yeah uh, Joe Pesci arrives by himself and starts trying to talk to one of the ambassadors and he's just like look I got this friend he wants to immigrate to South Africa and he's like oh that's great our country's wonderful yeah I want you to talk him out of it talk him out of it why ever would I do that uh oh it's Murtaugh yep yeah and we get a great like uh, chin down chin drop ambassador face yeah and he's like oh you should listen to your friend mate you're black. You're black. Yeah. And yeah. apartheid, you shitheads. Yeah. That's what I love is that Danny Glover's like, yeah, I'm going to go over there and join the fight against you. Which, like, 
fuck, if this movie did that, if this movie just, like, swerved, <laughs> we're, like, suddenly dealing with South Africa, just radicalized our trio of heroes, and right. they just go. <laughs> and just start, like, wiping out, like, oh, like all man. the Afrikaans. Like, yeah, wipe. fuck yeah. It's like Django Unchained. But... <laughs> well, it'd be like the end, it'd be like at the end of Bad Boys 2, where they, like, literally save the day, and then someone's like, hold up. The bad guy's in Cuba, and he's like, all right. I guess we're going to Cuba. And then there's like 30 bonus minutes of bad boys where they go full <laughs> commando in Cuba. Cuba. Yeah. And this is after they had the giant highway chase where the bad guys throw corpses. <laughs> I can't believe we've not done bad boys too. And I mean, it's got some problematic one. elements. Oh, sure. But <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2, perfectly fine. <laughs> all it's got is Mel Gibson. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is done to just cause a big brouhaha in the lobby of the consulate, allowing Riggs to sneak into the like top level headquarters to try to get some clues. Yeah, he yeah. sneaks into the bad guy's penthouse, and he's got all of his goons there, and he like gives them like a big threatening like thing. Yeah, he yeah, steals a, a big piece of stand- we- yeah, he steals a piece of paper off his desk, but then we have a big standoff. Between uh, Riggs and all of these yeah. goons. Mel Gibson, in a, a bit of... Uh, I don't even know what to explain. Accuses them of being Nazis. Yes, no, he incredulously, incredulously refers to them as the superior race. Yes. Which, like, a, it's hard to refute because A, fucking apartheid. Yeah, and I mean. B, there is a giant Nazi eagle yes. yeah. hanging on the wall. It's just real rich coming from Mel Gibson. <laughs> sure. That's all. Yeah. Well, you gotta separate the art from the artist, of course. I think. You know? <laughs> Very modern take on that. <laughs> uh, so he holds up a gun against them all and eventually uh, ends up shooting out his aquarium. Well, yeah, yeah he does. The aquarium. You know, like, I'm rich. Maybe you heard of me. I'm a real loose cannon. I'm wild. I could snap at any minute. Eeny, meeny, miny. Hey, Mo. Because he's a big Three Stooges guy, yeah. which is how you know he has bad taste. And then he shoots up the aquarium. And all the Nazis are trying to grab up the fish before they die. It's pretty cheeky. Yeah, Joss Hackett's like, grab them with your hands! <laughs> grab them with your hands! Yeah, which, like, hey, up to that point, like, they were they were making it hard, trying to, like, catch it in their shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was dumb. Uh, so then they all leave. Then uh, other things happen. Well, he follows a uh, South African blonde woman to the grocery, to the grocery store. store. Oh, is that where this happens? Yeah. Sure. Okay, he pesters her for a date for a solid ten minutes. Pesters is a great way to describe what functionally is assault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he physically prevents her from leaving the situation yeah. several times. He forces her into well, a date. I was going to say, he pesters her into a date until finally he literally drags her off yes. yeah. to a date at his trailer on the rocky beach. He functionally yeah. kidnaps this woman. Yes. Uh, but it's okay, because she's only 13 years younger than him, so it's yeah, not weird. She decides it's better it's than fine. in the first movie, where he's trying to date his partner's underage daughter. True. I mean, technically, yes. Look, it's a step up. Yeah. True, a step up to the streets. Yep. Uh, so they have a lot of real awkward sex in his weird, gross trailer. His man trailer. Yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, bonus star boobs for Patrick. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Racking up points on this movie. However... Which, Everybody, no, everybody's getting killed while they're boning. 
True. Yes, that's right. While they are boning at night, yeah, and it's seemingly like it's, through the next day. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of boning going on. Yeah. So this movie really, uh, it, it's a student of Coppola in a lot of ways, where it's using the art of editing to have two different storylines going that don't textually interact with each other, but they sort of create a metaphor between the two acts. You got Mel Gibson, a fucking... And then you got, like, at the end of Godfather 1, in the baptism scene, the South Africans are taking out all the cops that have been fucking with them. Yeah. Well, so it's, then you're like, oh, the South Africans are doing to the LAPD what Mel Gibson is doing to this very nice lady. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. My favorite of these deaths... Exploding her with various hidden bombs. My favorite of this is that... Do we skip the toilet we bomb? We did. We were. I was just well, gonna we try to. Re- yeah. yeah, we might as well. Holy shit! Uh, anyways, real quick. Hey, holy shit! Holy for shit. The toilet bomb. Before we get back to the toilet bomb, real quick, my favorite death during the uh, all the cops being killed is. Oh, it's the diving board. Oh, the yeah, diving yeah. Board. yeah uh, it's down. Jeanette Goldstein, who plays uh, um, lady officer. Yeah, lady officer. Yeah, uh, in the movie, but she is uh, she plays like uh, John Connor's step, like like foster mom in Terminator Two. Yeah, okay. she is okay. the like um, like the badass like so um, space marine in uh, the badass Latino space marines. Space oh, marine in, uh, and uh, aliens. aliens in aliens. Yeah. Oh, um, really? Yeah, that's okay. her. Uh, She's no, so much more hair in this movie. <laughs> sure. Well, that's her real hair. Yeah, right. That's her, You can see her hair shrinking over the course of these three roles. Right. Yeah. She's got the big hair here. She's got medium hair in T2 and then, like, short to no hair. Aliens comes before all of these movies. That can't be true. No um, kidding. Aliens is 86. No. Whoa. Yeah. So her hair's been growing this whole time. Except that one weird movie where it shrank. Look, this may not hold up to scrutiny, but you know what does? Mike Huckabee. Good old Mickey Hucks. Hey. Ooh, do you get like a special governor's driver's license that gets you out of three speeding tickets a year? The cops punch the bottom like a subway card. (laughs) I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, probably. Honestly, you probably don't even need the card. You probably just go, I'm the governor, and they ooh, go... Ooh, it's the one time you can literally say to a cop, I pay your salary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they're state cops, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're highway patrol, sure. Take Hell that, yeah. Eric Estrada. Guys, yeah. I'd like to take this opportunity to announce my candidacy for governor of whatever state. Oh, okay. I don't really care anymore. Where do you even have legal residency anymore? Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you what I told the IRS. Shut up. (laughs) Turns out it's in Antarctica. No kidding. Oh my god, the tax breaks are insane. (laughs) They pay you to move there. (laughs) That's true, but every six months I do have to go down to uh, like a deep ice uh, research base and one of us could be the thing. Well, that's, that's fair. That's it fair. ain't happened yet, but or I'm hoping. You can find that spaceship from the X-Files movie. Ooh, the real bad one. Yeah. No, the good X-Files movie. No. The yeah. first one, yeah. Not the that's second one. That's in the one. first one? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was in the second no. one. With Billy, he, Billy Connolly, he like collapses on the snow. I thought that's where the... I mean, that one also has snow, but the second yeah. one... <laughs> I think the, first... the second one's got Billy Connolly. Yeah, though. yeah, but the first one is the one where they it's go It's got the and... bees. Yes, yes, the first one has yeah. the bees, and it also has the spaceship in Antarctica. Yeah, right, because that's some... where Scully is, because she got stung by one of the bees. Right, and then Mulder has to drive the snowcat out there, like it's uh, the second, The Shining. 
Yeah. Gotcha. And then he's got a saber. Also, Terry O'Quinn's in it, and he defuses a bomb, but not really, and it blows him up. Yeah. Man. Because he's one of the bad guys. He is in and dead in, like, the first three minutes. Yeah. Terry O'Quinn, what a great actor. What a great mustache. Hell yeah. My God, man. Yeah. They should put that thing in a museum. No one else could wear that. That is the one mistake that the television show Lost ever made. It was only one, and it was not giving Terry O'Quinn a mustache chance. Uh. That's true, but it did show off Terry O'Quinn's rad baldness. Ooh, it sure did. Terry O'Quinn, good-looking bald man. Oh, yeah, that guy's got a great skull. Yeah, he's like a Stanley Tucci good-looking bald guy. No, if the Predator came for real, they'd go for for that head. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it'd be Tucci first, obviously. Oh, I mean... Guy's got to work the Tooch is the, the Tooch is <laughs> the first the first trophy that the Predator's going oh, for. Yeah. But I feel confident in saying Terry O'Quinn is next. Solid second. After that, it's probably Vin Diesel. That guy's uh, got a good ball. He's head. got a good dome. I, the Rock just looks weird with like the shaved head look that yeah. he's been rocking the last few years. I don't know. Well, Maybe it's just because I I, I I like was introduced to him in the Attitude Era where he had that weird widow's peak. Yes. The, the thing about The Rock is his head would probably look a lot better if he weren't on all that HGH. If his neck wasn't eight sizes too right. big. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the sauce, man. Hey, that's our future president, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> he's gonna people's elbow the entitlements. Oh, man, can you smell what The Rock is memes testing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, The Rock's a Republican. Oh, very much so. Yeah, but he's not like a Trump Republican, which is nice. He's like a classic, like, still shitty, but not the shittiest Republican. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Anyways... Uh, so back to we go back in time. There's a part where Mur- Riggs is sitting around doing whatever, uh, and he gets a phone call. And they're like, "Hey, have you heard from Murtaugh? No one's heard from him." And he's like, "All right, I'll go check it out." And he goes to Murtaugh's house. He knocks on the door. Nobody answers. So he kicks that shit in, and he goes out the halls. It takes fucking forever, but he finally finds Murtaugh, who's sitting on the can reading a magazine. And Riggs is like, oh, man, are you okay? And he's like, this is the first time I've had the bathroom to myself for so long. And he's like, oh. He's like, but then I saw this. And he rolls over the toilet paper roll and it says, boom, you're dead. Yep. Which, yeah. A, that is a dedication to craftsmanship. Well done, hit person who made that happen. Yeah, but it's also a dedication to storytelling on Danny Glover on Murtaugh's part. Because he would have had to roll it over when he went to wipe to see Boom, You're Dead. Then, after Put he knew back. Riggs was coming back, he rolls Pulled it back. back over. So oh, buddy, buddy. Yeah. He doesn't want to have to look at it for 20 I hours. He's been there for 20 <laughs> hours and yeah. has not wiped. Here, so back, back to the toilet paper. I don't think I can express how many times in my life I have like looked at my current account balance and just like well if I close the window this doesn't (laughs) the problem goes away right? Right. Sure. Right? Right. If I pretend I didn't see it I can still spend money right? Look the more times you close and open your window the more money you'll have. Right. Every time you open it the interest (laughs) compounds. Yeah. Every time. But yeah, so uh, there, there's a bomb attached to the toilet. It's a pressure trigger so that uh, as soon as he stands up, it's going to explode. Which, uh, again, like, I appreciate the commitment to the bit of, like, writing Boom, You're Dead. But also, that saved his life. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. 
idiots. So they call in the Bomb Squad, and there's a whole to-do where the Bomb Squad uh, takes a page out of Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty and freezes the bomb with some liquid nitrogen. But that doesn't defuse the bomb. It'll give them a few seconds after they trigger the bomb for the bomb to actually explode. And in that time, they... Are the plan is to get into what a cast iron tub? Yeah, he's got an old school tub made out of cast iron. Yeah, he has eggs in there every day. Ooh, real easy to clean as well. You just like yep. put the smoke point on and scrub it with a paper towel. Yep. You just gotta make sure that the the, the tub is seasoned though. You yeah, don't that's wanna, true. You don't want yeah. an unseasoned tub. Well, because then everything just sticks to it. And it's that's gross. right. Yeah, they gotta jump in the tub and pull down this bomb blanket, which I guess is just like leather or is just like Kevlar and lead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is where Riggs is just like. I'll do it. And they're like, why? You're not on the bomb squad. You're not trained for this. You have literally no idea what you're doing. And he's just like, hey, Mo. He's doing it anyway. He's doing bits. He does a lot of bits. Yep. He's concerned that Danny Glover has been sitting on the toilet for 20 hours and won't have the ability to make it to the tub. So he's going to pull him into the tub. Can you imagine the toilet indentation on the butt at that point? Oh, man, jeez, I don't even want to think about that. That's like a tattoo. That's That's never coming out. You don't have a butt anymore. Or it just it's too big because it's been compressed and squeezed. Ooh, now you have like a flat butt. Yeah. 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 Bad news. So anyways... That uh, was the real... The real that was punishment. the real lethal weapon. <laughs> <laughs> the lethal weapon was the flat button, all of us. Yeah. So uh, on three, they they're gonna go on three, but then there's like that whole no. Do we go on, on three? three do we do three, three and then go, go out? Oh yeah. Again, bits, bits, bits. He pulls him off. It explodes. The toilet fires out of the window, shoots 200 feet across the yard, lands on top of a car. Nothing happens to the toilet. It stays yes. in one whole piece. They, we used to make things in America. Mark. <laughs> and I bet if Mike Huckabee were here, he'd tell us how we're going to make things again. Yeah. Yeah, come on, tell us all about your toilet, Huckabee. Yeah, and, and then he'd slap out the step-by-step theme. Ooh, that's a good theme. Oh, man. I don't even know the step-by-step theme. I bet you don't either. You're probably right. Even if I did know it, I wouldn't be able to recreate it because I'm tone deaf and have no rhythm. That's fair. That's why I'm going to be the singer. <laughs> steps, stepping it out. Look step at these steps. Step, There's a one step and a two step. Look out for so many steps. That's it, right? Yeah, yeah I think between the two of you, you got it. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Whatever happened to the step in one and two? The step and do the stupid die. The step into you. No, nah, that's the wrong one. <laughs> no, no, I think that's right. <laughs> pretty sure it is. No, 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 it's he family. said step a bunch of times. <laughs> no, nah, he did the song, but he did it to the theme of Family Matters. Bada bing. Oh. <laughs> was, was that the one with uh, fucking Back to the Future Boy in it? What? <laughs> Crispin Glover. That's Family Ties. Family Ties has Crispin Glover? Wow. Yeah, no, no kidding. I don't remember I any of this. Yeah, the Family Ties has Michael theme. J. Fox. No, that's the one that had the theme song, Show Me That Smile Again. Show, show Me That smile. smile. Don't waste another minute. Actually, that I think is uh, the one with Alan Thick. Yeah, that's Growing Pains. Perfect yeah. Strangers. There it is. No. Don't even dare. <laughs> Perfect Strangers is the only 80s sitcom with the unassailable theme song. 
standing tall. I thought that was the... Bosom Buddies. No, nope. nah, Bosom Buddies. <laughs> Bosom Buddies is a cover of Billy Joel's "My Life." Right. Oh yeah. 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 They okay. tried to get the original, but but Billy wouldn't bite. Nope. No. But nope. He was too busy doing fucking that dog movie for Disney. Did he also not let them have the original of his other song that was uh, the theme for Dave's World? Oh, I don't remember. You may be right. You may be wrong. Patrick. Did you not watch (laughs) Dave's World? No, 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 no. Of course I watched Dave's World. (laughs) You and I are the only people who watched Dave's World. (laughs) It had Dave Barry in it. No, it had Harry Anderson playing Dave Dave Barry. (laughs) Author of Big Trouble. That's right. I think I've been conflating this with Herman's head. (laughs) (laughs) With uh, what, Hank Azaria in that? I think he was one of the head, he was one of the heads the headizens yeah. right? maybe hold on a second Pixar inside out that's just Herman's head yeah where have you been dummy <laughs> didn't have to Mike be Huck- so mean Mike Huckabee's last campaign hinged entirely on that <laughs> that's why I don't want him here he doesn't make salient points <laughs> Speaking of salient points, <laughs> okay. all the cops are murdered. Yeah, all yes. the cops except for Murtaugh and Riggs are dead. Anyways, cut, jump back to uh, Riggs and this lady are fucking. Riggs They're and lady are fucking, fucking. Yeah. Uh, but attack They make a lot of really awkward baseball sex innuendos. Yeah, yeah. it's the late 80s, man. Because also... he says, I need a seventh inning stretch. She says, the fourth inning. Yeah, she says, but it's only the fourth inning. And then she tries to plow him again. Yeah. And I think successfully. But yes. we cut back to Murtaugh's going back to his house because he thinks he knows what that word on the paper was. Yes. So we're going to do this bit at the yeah, same time. Yeah, because Joe Pesci's trying to help him with his taxes. And he's just like, you need more deductibles. Hey. Yeah. Hey. So they go back to Murtaugh's house. While Murtaugh's inside watching old home movies... He's, of his boat. Of, of his, his boat. boat. He comes across a bigger boat, the uh, the Agnes Varden. Alba Varden. Al- yeah, the Alba, Alba Varden. I'm thinking of Agnes Varda, the uh, independent film director. Ooh, that is not her. Sure. Uh, yeah, the Alba Var- Albus Varden or whatever. Something, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Leo gets kidnapped by goons. Goons take him. Uh, and the station wagon. And the station wagon, yes. Meanwhile, uh, Riggs and the lady are done fucking. They're just sleeping. But attack helicopters are on the horizon. They're just normal helicopters. Yeah, they're just loaded with guys with guns. Exactly. So the helicopters are doing an attack, so they're attack helicopters. Yeah, no. well, no, because the helicopters don't actually attack. The they helicopter has yeah. their guns and missiles. But they attack from the helicopter. No, 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 no. Right. You don't understand. This is part of the Hollywood history where it was post-Vietnam and we had like a million extra Hueys that nobody was using anymore. Yeah, and so, so they're we Hueys. just had to blow them up. Yeah, they're transport helicopters. That's what you can tell because they got the big door and the guys hanging out them shooting guns. And every time you start one up, it starts playing Flight of the Valkyries. Yeah, no, that's absolutely <laughs> true. That actually is my favorite part about the Huey transport helicopter. Yeah, they tried to make it stop, but scientifically they couldn't get it to fly without that music. You know who I bet could play a mean Flight of the Valkyries on bass? Ooh, uh, the Kim Gordon. No. From Sonic Youth. I was going to go Mike Huckabee. No, I gotcha. <laughs> but now it's all, now I'm in to, to trying to get Kim Gordon on this podcast. From Sonic Youth? Yeah, Kim Gordon, come be on this podcast. Ooh, I'm all right with that. And play 
Play Flight of the Valkyries. Ooh, yeah. And then uh, fucking Teenage Riot. That song's real good. Yeah. Hey, Sonic Youth is broken up. You can come down anytime. Yeah. You ain't got nothing going on, Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth. Yeah, and they're in my cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk about The Simpsons. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, these helicopters carrying attackers, is that better? There you go. They facilitate the attack. Yes, yeah. these, these attack facilitating <laughs> helicopters are on the horizon. They show up and immediately begin uh, lighting they up They weirdly, like, sneak up on the trailer. Sure, yeah. well, they're asleep because they, they're having that deep, like, after fuck sleep. Four fucks. They're post four fucks right now. Yeah. At least. Uh, and they're yeah. only woken up by the dog who... Uh, lives not in the trailer, but just elsewhere on the beach. Yeah. Uh, he pops up through his doggy door, which is in the middle of the floor. It's a trap doggy door. Yeah. He wakes them up. Uh, this uh, the trailer gets like just fucking lit up. Yeah. They get out and drop down into the under the. Uh, what do you want to call that thing? It's like, an RV. That's an RV, RV trailer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, RV trailer. Essentially, what would be the crawl space? Yeah. They're just the spot the, between well, the the bottom of the RV and the ground. Yeah, he gets her in his GMC truck. He somehow he uh, kills a couple goons, steals their machine gun, then climbs up on top. And this is kills where kills a couple more goons. He's still doing happy kills at this point because yeah. again he's goofing around and just like, hey Mo, because he's got like one joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he does a lot of uh, a lot of spray and pray with yep. the guns. Absolutely no aiming whatsoever. Nope. No need. It's the eighties. You weren't allowed to. That's yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Reagan deregulated aiming. Yeah, they hadn't amended that part of the Constitution. <laughs> well, yet. I remember H.W. Bush's whole, uh, you know, election campaign of that, read my lips, we will not aim. Yep. Yeah. And then he was on his farm, caught aiming. Caught yeah. aiming. Yeah. Well, the thousand... Brought down, brought down his whole re-election what campaign. What a hypocrite. Well, the thousand points of light were all the bo- all the tracer <laughs> rounds he was firing <laughs> indiscriminately yeah. into the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he they escape after he kills all the goons. He takes her back to her apartment, and she's like, "I'm in love with you, Riggs." Yeah, he just drops her off at her apartment after being attacked by the South Africans she's working with. Yes, yeah, he just takes her back to the old apartment. And she's spoiler like, alert: she's gonna the next time we see her, she's dead, and it is Riggs's fault. Yeah, yes. now this was dumb. He should have gone to a hotel. Yeah, or. Anywhere, like I don't know, is there a police station that you're aware of? <laughs> so yeah, so they uh, he sh- they say goodbye a bunch of times and kiss, and she's like, "You can live with me," and he's like, "Great, I need a house." Also, now we're in love; we'll live together forever. You're my new days. wife, replacing my dead wife. That's yeah. right. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah. He's immediately... Is he knocked out? Yeah, he gets blackjacked. He gets blackjacked. And she gets kidnapped. That's right. And next, we cut to... He's in a straitjacket on a dock. Right. Yeah, with lots of chains to, to weigh him down. He's going to get thrown over. This fucking infuriates me. Because the, like, the second in command of the South Africans is just like... Oh, you want a drink? Oh, that's right. You don't drink anymore. You're on the wagon. Let me tell you a story about a time I ran down a blonde woman who was driving a car by herself kind of looked like your dead wife in fact i think it might have been your dead wife yeah i remember watching her die after i killed her anyway kill this man yeah yep and like the whole time i'm thinking like oh like he read the file and he's just sort of fucking with him but like no he absolutely in the reality of the movie franchise, yep. Lethal Weapon. He's the guy that kills out. her wife. Yeah. It yeah. turns out that it's all connected. Yeah, South African. It is the time. worst fucking like 
bullshit, like Chris Nolan plotting. I fucking hate it so much. Yeah, it was kind of dumb. So they boot him into the river, or the yeah, the river, ocean, ocean, because we're yeah. in California. And there's, there's a, a river in L- L.A. Not anymore. In the 80- thanks Reagan. '89 <laughs> there was. Now in 1991 there wouldn't be because that's when Terminator 2 came out. That's true. And the river was just that weird aqueduct. Like, shit, yeah, yeah, shit. We got this reservoir with no water. Start filming chase scenes in it for God's sake. By the time the volcano erupts on Tommy uh, Lee Jones, it's just an aqueduct. There's okay, no but water that's, in it way at all. Okay, that's, that's way right, later. That's way later. That's way later. That's like '97 at the they should, earliest. They should use less water in California. They should make another movie. Where Tommy Lee Jones fights a volcano. How old is Tommy Lee Jones? Ooh, but he can team up with Pierce Brosnan, who fought that different kind of exploding volcano. The other kind. Whoa, yeah. Holy shit. We could yeah. have Volcano and Dante's Peak together. Yeah. For Dante's other peak, the volcano. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got you. It's the geologic uh, uh, cinematic universe. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man. One of the characters from the core shows up. Yeah. Uh, I think we all know it's DJ Qualls. Hell yeah. With just like, he's now put on 400 pounds because <laughs> he's been eating nothing but Hot Pockets since that day. Nice. Yes. Good for him. But hey, he hacked the planet. That's true. Done and done. Yeah, so uh, Riggs gets thrown off, but we've already seen him escape from a straitjacket. Yeah, so he, he just yeah. does that thing. He but, does the same thing, but then he when he's down there, he does see uh, his lady friend. His new wife. Yeah, she has, has been, been drowned. She dead. Which She's again, like, dead. this is as shitty as the motivation is to kill a woman attached to a man to motivate his, like, murder rampage into Act 3. You already did it with the new wife. I don't understand fundamentally why this guy also has to have killed his old wife. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, that was pointless. <sighs> So anyways, he gets out, and uh, he ends up meeting up with Murtaugh, and he's like, well, Murtaugh. He, ca- he calls Murtaugh, and he's just like, I'm going to go to Stilt House, and I'm going to fuck them up. And he's like, we can't do it. We're under strict orders not to do it. Well, then I guess I'm not a cop anymore. I, yeah. John, I, I wanted to quibble with one thing. He doesn't say I'm going to fuck them up. He says, I'm going to fuck them. True. And it's like the third time Riggs in this movie has been like, I'm going to fuck you. Yeah, one other point, he's like, I'm going to fuck you in the ass. Yeah, yeah. like... He's just like, he likes to threaten fucking people a lot. Sure. Which and at again, no point. Which again, very Mel Gibson. <laughs> very Mel Gibson. But at no point does he say, I want to fuck you up. That's, That's true. true. Missed opportunity, SNL. Hire me 30 years ago. Oh, you'd have crushed it 30 years ago. Oh, man. You'd have all the best jokes. You'd have written all the best Toonses, The Driving Cat. Oh, it would have been so great. <laughs> Toonses, no. <laughs> Oh, uh, so yeah so Riggs is like I'm gonna kill them they killed my wife and my new wife I'm, it's fucking personal now <laughs> and all of my cop buddies I'm killing everybody yeah and Murtaugh's like alright well I guess I'll come help you yeah I guess yeah. we're killing everybody tonight good call so they go to they go to they go to Stilt House and Murtaugh's like how am I gonna know uh, you're doing what you're doing he's like oh, oh you'll know. know so Murtaugh uh, goes up into the house to try and get Leo out while he's doing that, the house begins to shake. Because they have evoked the wrath of God upon this house. No, they Too didn't. high was the house built that it certainly offended the pride of God as he smote them and scattered them across the nations, giving them different languages so they could no longer collaborate and create another tower of that size. Folly be on your hubris, humanity! 
In fact, what they did was piss off Mel Gibson, and he has a late 80s GMC, which is literally a turret away from being a tank. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's got a whole yeah. winch system and everything. Yeah, no, it's got a winch. The whole thing is made out of solid steel. There's no fiberglass. Fuck you, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> yeah, Carter. Uh, Calm but, down here and be on this podcast, Jimmy Carter. Ooh, bring peanuts. Ooh, yeah, fresh peanuts. Yeah. Fucking love peanuts. Man. God and build damn. me a house. <laughs> yeah. Personally, just you. I'm not helping. I'm going to watch you do it while I eat your peanuts. <laughs> Still one of the best King of the Hill episodes where they go to uh, Jimmy Carter's Habitat for Humanity. Mm, sure. Yeah. It's real good. Uh, so yeah, what happened to, so Riggs literally is pulling Stillhouse down off yeah. of its legs. Uh, Murtaugh is able to get Leo out just before Stillhouse collapses. Oh man, fantastic collapsing house. It's Big really, explosion. really He's red. like, they, somebody spent a lot of money fucking this thing up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but Riggs is like, did I get him? And they're like, nah, the one guy that killed both your wives got away. He's like, I'm going after him. Don't worry, I know where their boat is. Yeah, so they drive to the boat yards, and there's a... Where the boats hang out. Yeah. Uh, where all the boats go, they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get Solid there. Fraser. Hey, thanks. <laughs> hey, maybe I hear your boats are calling my name. It's all salad. And scramble boats. <laughs> the boat again. again. Well done. Hey, well thanks. Done. Fuck Kelsey Grammer, too. Yeah, yeah, that dude's been a Republican since the fucking 70s. And he's yeah, a no, gross one. He yeah. was never not a Republican, yeah. Yep. Uh, anyways, um, they pull up to the they boat. They go to the boats. They go to, they the, go boats. to the boats. There is, a, there is one storage container sitting on the ground, and eight guys around, they're like, we gotta go in there, that's where the good stuff is. And the next thing you see is they're just inside the storage container. Yeah. They just walked by the eight guys. Yeah. Uh, inside the storage container... Uh, after they turn the headlamps on of the car that's inside of it, is millions of dollars in pallets, cash. Pallets of wrapped money. Of including thousand dollar bills. Yeah. You won't see that shit again until the war in Afghanistan. That's right. Um, yeah, but what president is on it? They won't say. They don't show it. Oh, well, I, we can look that up. Yeah. Who's on the thousand dollar bill? But I do love uh, uh, when Mr. Glover's holding a fistful of dollars and he's just like, with what I hold in my hands, I can put all three of my kids through college. And just like, God damn. Inflation. Oh, bitch. living the dream. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, okay. Uh, who do you think is on. On the $1,000 bill. All right. I am going to say Taft. I'm going to say, Ooh. I'm going to go Taft. Patrick? Taft with a secondary, uh, like a lesser bet of Eisenhower. Sure. Okay, Patrick. Uh, I'm going to go Truman. If it's Ooh. Garfield, I'm going to punch you in the nose. Because Teddy Roosevelt's on the million-dollar bill or whatever that they that George, okay. uh, Mr. Burns has. So I've got yeah. So listen up. So... We'll start with the $500 bill. William McKinley is on the $500. McKinley, that motherfucker didn't even last 30 days. No, that's that's William Henry Harrison. Yeah, that's Harrison. Harrison McKinley died, though, right? He was shot? Yes, McKinley Yes, he was assassinated. That's how Roosevelt becomes president the first time. That motherfucker. When Roosevelt got shot, he finished his speech. Yeah. Yeah, and then he got elected again. Roosevelt was not a slacker. McKinley. Well, yeah, the, the McKinley. first Roosevelt. Getting yeah. shot and dying. To what be fair, the second Roosevelt did four terms with goddamn polio. Yeah, and one of them, he beat the Nazis. 
True. And in the other one, he technically beat the Depression. That's yeah, true. That's true. All right, so the $1,000 bill, the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms. Oh, God damn. Grover Cleveland. Cleveland. That's Cleveland. right. Cleveland. Great Cleveland. guy. All right, who's on the $5,000 bill? Oh, boy. It was Coolidge. La- it was last printed in 1945. Definitely All right. Coolidge. All right. First printed in 1918. Ooh. No, wait, that can't be Coolidge. I am going to go with... Andrew Johnson. Johnson? Yeah. Ooh. Van Buren. Ooh, very close. It's James Madison. Damn Whoa, it. Jimmy Mads. Who is on the $10,000 bill? <laughs> Man. I'm going to say it's oh. one of those uh, lenticular holograms <laughs> of uh, Nightwing from the 80s. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's not a president. Yeah, Nightwing from the 80s. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, one-time Treasury Secretary Salmon P. Chase. No! The Salmon Dollar. Yeah, who's, uh, he served <laughs> Sammy in the... Uh, D. Uh, he served in the Lincoln administration. Well, good for him. <laughs> who's on the $100,000 bill? It's just a mirror. So it's you. It's like Time Magazine that time. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Time Magazine. That's the most patronizing bullshit. You fucking pick a person. Dicks? Who? <laughs> no, that was Time. It's full of dicks. Oh, gotcha. Oh, no. Uh, no. Well, okay. technically, it's Woodrow Wilson. Yes. Hey, yeah. nice. Good work, old Woody. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> he got us into World War One. Yeah, but his, like, 17 points could have totally prevented World War Two. stupid Europeans. Yeah, you bunch of jerks. Yeah. Anyways, that's your Money History Corner. You're welcome, everybody. Oh, thanks, Money History Corner. I am corner. definitely going to go pitch a sitcom to, like, I don't know, NBC of Woodrow Wilson's 17 Rules to Avoid World War Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually, like, a family sitcom. Exactly, where he's like, World War Two. you're not old enough to date. Ha, <laughs> ha. Just like that. Hey, uh, <laughs> you're technically just a brief period of armistice between two world wars. Daddy, that's what you said to my teacher. So Look, I'll work out. I'll workshop it. I'll get better. Yeah. This so Riggs, is all off the dome. First draft. Yeah, no, oh, clearly. Yep. We're blue sky in it. <laughs> so anyways, uh, the storage container Ooh, that Riggs... Woodrow oh. Wilson loves cheese. Oh, that's of course he does. Thing. Yeah, no, he's all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the storage container... So for his yep. birthday, they make up a cheesecake. Oh, but they use ricotta cheese because they're all out of cream cheese. And they hope he won't notice. And he does notice, but he's such a good dad. He appreciates the effort that he pretends he doesn't notice. He just lets it run. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I actually have a theme song for this. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, Let's hear it. Yeah, Let's hear here it. we go. Let's uh, hear it. Right. Hold on. 17 <laughs> rules for preventing World War II. Do, do, 17 <laughs> rules for preventing World War II. The world of Iron Wilson. <laughs> oh, dude, and Woodrow Wilson gets played by John Larroquette. Ooh, and he's Whoa. real into up-close magic. Yeah. Whoa, nice. <laughs> Uh, anyways, the storage container that Rick's... SNL from 30 years ago. My business email is on my Twitter account. You're oh, you're you're almost as bad as Blaine Kapatch always tweeting, <laughs> someone bring Mad TV back so I can pitch this. 
so anyways, the storage container that Riggs and Murtaugh in gets lifted up by a crane, uh, uh, and it goes up in the air, and the bad guy's just like, we've done it, gentlemen, we're, 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 we're going then, back to South Africa. And then the door explodes, uh, all the money shoots out, and a car flies out of it on fire. Uh, all the money dumps into the water. And the main bad guy is just like, all our money is gone, but make sure they're dead. And the goons start shooting the water, presuming that Riggs and Murtaugh were in the on-fire car? Yes, of course. They're South Africans, man. (laughs) They don't know what's up. They were a non-aligned country. We cut uh, back to inside. nukes. Yeah, with nukes. We come God, back to- sorry. The fact that we just allowed South Africa for so long well, is mind-boggling. There are two reasons for that. One, they were technically working with the French and the Israelis. <laughs> and two, they had nukes, but they couldn't get them anywhere. That's true. They didn't have a plane that could carry them. They didn't have a missile that could launch them. It's just nice to have. Yeah, but you can look at them. That's true. <laughs> like, not too long, though, and from a safe distance. Yeah, they're, they're in the man cave. They're mounted on. They're just like, oh, no, I took the firing trigger out of them. These are just for display. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Uh, so Riggs and Murtar are still suspended in the uh, uh, the container. The, they're going to rappel down. They zip line. Yeah. Like, yeah. Murtaugh's yeah. like, heroes. you go first, Riggs. And Riggs is like, nah, fuck that. You go first. And shoves him and out. shoves him out. Then, um... Riggs jumps out and does yeah. like spinning shooting stuff like that. Yeah, he's he, killing all kinds of guys. Yeah, he goes, he's, they split up. Uh, Murtaugh's gonna go after the main bad guy. Riggs is gonna go after uh, the head goon. Yeah. So wife Riggs, murder bad yeah. guy. Yeah. So he finds wife murder bad guy in this pit in the middle. Yeah, of, a fight pit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he finds him in the fight pit. Uh, Riggs immediately takes a knife to the back of the knee. <laughs> yeah, which if you do that on the pit level, when a witch goes over the full moon, you unlock a fight with Reptile. Toasty! <laughs> Toasty was MK2, you fool! Is that true? Yeah, Toasty's not an MK1. It's an mm-hmm. MK2 because it's in the forest level. Oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. That means I owned Mortal Kombat 2. I never thought I did. Yeah. Thanks, John. You just totally retconned my youth. <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't know if I owned or just rented a whole bunch MK1 for the Super Nintendo, mm. where it was all gray sweat. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I had, we were a Genesis household. Yeah, but the, yeah, Genesis all the, the Genesis only had three buttons, though, so you had to, like, hold start to do the different... Buddy, I had a six-button Genesis controller. Oh, yeah, I had one shit. at one point. Yeah. That didn't come standard, though. You had to nah, get that separate. You had to buy yeah. it separate. Bunch of bullshit. Never That's... had shoulder buttons. Yeah, it did. It had yeah. two. It had two shoulder buttons. I think even the regular one had shoulder buttons. No, no. not initially. Not till later. Okay. Yeah, not till they did the like um, the streamlined version of the Genesis, like yeah. the, the the miniature version. Yeah, of yeah. It, the top the, the Mark Three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where it was like super super tiny. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so they uh, Riggs and this guy fight for a while. Eventually, Riggs gets the better of this dude, stabs, stabs him, him with his own knife. Uh, and then is about to like run away, and this guy's just like, "Ah, you can't beat me!" So Riggs drops a fucking container on his head. Drops a shipping yep. container right on him, flattens him down. Yep, which is how uh, Van Dam kills one of the bad guys at the end of Double Impact. I mean, it's a good way to kill a guy. It True. really is. But uh oh, some pistol shots ring out. 
piercing the silent darkness. Yeah, it and turns brings out, it down. Yeah, it turns out the bad guy, Joss Ackland, who plays Aryan Rudd, uh, is a crack shot from like a thousand feet away with a goddamn with a, yeah. Luger. With a real yeah. honest to God Luger. Yeah. However, Danny Glover is between them and totally shoots him right in the brains. Yeah, well, uh, again, he pulls out his diplomatic immunity. He's just like, ah, 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 diplomatic immunity. Which, he, again, that that simply cannot be how it works. <laughs> he literally yells, dip, he goes, diplomatic immunity. Just like Emperor Palpatine goes, unlimited <laughs> power. <laughs> and again, it doesn't work. Because Danny Glover, who everyone, by the way, in this movie has pointed out how old his gun is, yes. uh, with his like six-shooter revolver snub nose, blows a hole in this guy's brain from like 500 feet away. And then says, has been revoked. Yes. <laughs> then he goes down into the fight pit where Riggs is, and he's like, Riggs, you gotta hold on. I haven't given you permission to die yet. You don't yeah, get to die until I tell you. Permission to die, I guess, is the least successful follow-up to uh, BTS's collaboration with Ed Sheeran on Permission to Dance. <laughs> sure. <laughs> My wife is real into BTS. I just absorb this information. Yeah, but, uh-huh. but I mean, like, Ed Sheeran should be a real put-off. He is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... Uh... It's not good. Look, do that. Ed Sheeran, I don't like Ed Sheeran's music, but he gets points for me because he is friends with Elton John. That's true. Yeah, but Elton John will be friends with anybody. Yeah, but they did a really good Christmas song this year, and it was actually real good. Ooh, but Ed Sheeran is collaborating with The National for another song, and I don't, I, no, no also, thanks. Also, isn't I don't Ed Sheeran about, about to get rung up for stealing somebody's music? Yeah, like uh, so what, what had happened was uh, Taylor Swift, they used to be friends a long time ago, theme for Veronica Mars, but uh, this all came to a head when uh, she was in the recording studio and Ed Sheeran came to visit, and as Ed Sheeran was leaving, he saw her CD deck in her car and just gave it a good elbow smash and just snatched it up. Oh, man. He went to an exchange. He got like five bucks for the whole thing. Thanks. Yeah. And now he's in court. Yeah. Well. Tough break, buddy. You come for the queen, you best not miss. Yeah. Also, write your own music. Yeah. Generally does, I guess. But I have no idea. Anyways, he tells. Riggs I think it might be the other way. I think, I think some. I think he is suing someone for stealing his music. Oh, is, is it? actually what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, Berton Riggs laugh it off. Blah blah blah. End of movie. Yeah, yeah. Train shot. End of movie. Yeah, Riggs is just laying in a boat hole, bleeding out. Now you <laughs> the can cops see are coming. You can see why they needed to make Lethal Weapon three because like. What you you shot a diplomat in the head, dude? Sure, I am willing to bet if we watched Lethal Weapon three right now, they would never address it. I correctly. almost guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Rene Russo is going to show up. Yeah, but here's what I will address: the terrible George Harrison theme song over the credits. Yeah. Look, this was in the late '80s. None of the surviving Beatles were doing good work in the late '80s. I mean, I don't know. I like. Got my mind set on you. That's a good song. It just goes on for so long, though. That's fine. Also, George Harrison was a traveling Wilbury, and the traveling Wilburys rule. That's true. That's but true. as a solo Beatle, no one was doing good work in the late '80s. Wasn't Ringo doing that Joe Cocker song? Now nah, he had already done that. Oh, okay. that was like. Mid-80s? Also, Joe Cocker did a Ringo song. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, yeah all the way around. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know what? A little help with my friends. That's what? Uh, That's on Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. yeah. Sung by 
Ringo, or technically Billy Shears. Correct. The one and only. Yeah. Who the fuck is Billy Shears? It's the it was, character he played all right, on right, the right, album. Okay, you have to understand. Right. It was 20 years ago today. Today. Sgt. Pepper taught the band to play. They've been going in and out of style, but they are guaranteed to raise a smile. So may I introduce to you the one, the only, Ringo Starr. Yeah. Ah, alright. Going under the pseudonym Billy Shears. Gotcha. Billy <laughs> Shears. That's how the song Yep, that's about it. The best Ringo Starr song ever was um, uh, uh, It Don't Come Easy. Sure. Yeah. Specifically, the live version on Concert for Bangladesh where he forgets the lyrics halfway through. <laughs> sure. That's it is the, a joy. That's my second favorite live performance of any song ever, right after Bismarck Key and the Beastie Boys <laughs> doing Benny and the Jets at live at Madison Square Garden. Benny and the Jets! Where Bismarck Key only knows about a third of the lyrics, <laughs> yeah. but sells the song so hard that it still works. Yeah. Nice. Also, the only person in the band who knows the full song is the guy playing piano, who is not one of the Beastie Boys. He's one of their producers, but the Beastie Boys are game to fucking give it a shot and oh boy if you ever wanted to hear five dudes dicking around on that one song Benny on the Jets well pick up the sounds of science it's a great best of album and that's like on there it's nice. great right. yeah uh, anyways that's the end of the movie and it is now time for bullet points keep you I'm too old for this <laughs> shit Our first bullet point is body count. Body count. John, what do you think the body count of Lethal Weapon 2 is? 17. Ooh. Patrick, what do you think the body count of Lethal Weapon 2 is? I'm going to go 23. 23, all right. That might be high. Price is right rules. Whoever gets the closest without going over. Patrick, you are the winner. Oh! 34. That feels high. There's lots of goons that get marked in this movie. And a lot of cops that get marked marked in this movie. No, that's right. All those cops get killed. Yeah. Yeah. Both in the opening car chase that we all laughed at. Yeah. And then later on, while Riggs is fucking. Yeah. Uh, So that's going to take us to our next bullet point. Best kill. Kill. John, best kill in Lethal Weapon 2. Surfboard all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, a that's a good one. Decapitated by surfboard. That's how I want to go. Yeah, yeah, right. But only if it is in that Rube Goldberg-esque way. Yeah. Correct. No, you got to have the yeah. setup. Yeah. Yeah, don't just run up and hit me with the surfboard <laughs> in the head. Just over and over. Boom. Yeah, and it's, it's just, it's so solid in its direction that you... It's, it's done in a series of cuts. It's not like a wide shot or a long shot. It is a series of cuts and tight shots, but you know exactly where everything is in space at all times. Absolutely. And when you see the surfboard start to go airborne, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rad. Yeah. Patrick, best kill. Uh, I'm going to go with the casually indifferent way that Mel Gibson snaps a guy's neck. Oh, no, you took mine! (laughs) (laughs) After he gets up out of the water, he just knocks both guys down, and one guy's on the ground. He jumps over, grabs the man's cheeks, and just turns his face and snaps his neck. Oh, 
Oh, it's so good. It's so And it's good. like not even a point of the thing. It just happens so fast. It's like they don't yeah. even care. Oh, man. All right, well, then I'm going to have to take uh, the one that happens immediately after that because there's a second goon who he grabs by the hair, puts in between a car door and the car frame, and then just slams the door shut on his head a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, a move perfected later by Vincent D'Onofrio as the kingpin on Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, good kills. Good kills. Quality kills. Uh, and that's going to take us to our next bullet point. War crimes! <laughs> war crimes! Patrick, talk about some war crimes and Lethal Weapon 2. I'm going to go with the existence of Krugerangs. <laughs> what even... I'm a legal tender, bitch! <laughs> How do you have a money that sounds that evil? When you... Patrick, when you pronounce it Krugerangs, <laughs> yeah. it makes me think of a Freddy Krueger Krang baby. <laughs> right? Like a little Krang, but with tiny Freddy Krueger go- glass. Yeah. Going, meh, shredder, bitch! And then he's got his little life hands. Yeah, and you yeah. exchange those for goods and services in apartheid South yeah. Africa. Ooh, or maybe Freddy Krueger has a Krang in his belly. Oh, that's <laughs> real good. Which he teamed sh- up! He sort of does in Nightmare 4 when he's got all the weird, like, demon sperms yeah. in his chest. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the souls he's taken. Yeah. Like, nee! Hey, important safety Freddy Krueger tip. Don't ever pee on him. That brings him back to life. <laughs> that's... Unfortunately true. That is canon. Yeah, don't rehydrate Freddy (laughs) Krueger. If you have a dried out Freddy Krueger, just throw it away and get another one. Grind it up up with your kitty litter and throw it out with the garbage. That way it doesn't get into the water supply. Yeah, yeah. John, war crimes and lethal weapon too. The existence of a fascist apartheid state in mm-hmm. the modern day, in any day, it was always unacceptable. Yeah, no, fascism's sure. always wrong, kids. But that's one of those things of just like, oh shit, it went on that long? Yeah. Yeah, and then like, it would go on several more years after yeah. Lethal Weapon 2. Lisa Simpson has an End Apartheid Now poster in her room in like the first two seasons of the show. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Twin Peaks is off the air by the time they end Apartheid. Well, it's Apartheid, right. like the legislation that officially ends Apartheid is like 91. And then, because Patrick and I were looking this up earlier, but yeah. like pre-show. Yeah. Uh, and then the first like multiracial elections are in 1994. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So a full five years after Lead the Weapon 2. Man. Boy. Boy, howdy. Yeah. Yep. Though, I mean, just to point out, they ended apartheid and we elected Newt Gingrich and all of his friends? Mm-hmm. Like, that's 94. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what were we going to do? Be soft on crime, Patrick, with these super predators? It's true. It's true. Super predators are all over Los Angeles. You say what you will about Newt Gingrich that Congress balanced the budget. Once. By cutting all, like, subsidies to everything. All social spending. Dunskies. Thanks a lot, 90s. You, You sucked. Yeah. You were you had some cool movies and some neat cartoons. It I won't is. speak ill of the first four seasons of Power Rangers, but uh politically speaking, you really you really screwed us over. It's impressive that I lived so much of my life and being like, Oh man, this is a terrible social problem and it always went back to Ronald Reagan. Oh yeah. And now I'm old enough that it's like, Oh man, what an awful social problem and it goes back to, to Bill Clinton. Clinton. Yep. <laughs> sure. Like oh fuck yeah. hey, man. Specifically Clinton trying to court all of the Reagan voters. <laughs> yeah, right. 
You gotta reach across the aisle, John. Uh, no, you gotta triangulate is his big strategy. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, yeah, pit two courses against him and then play the middle. Great strat, Bill. Who's great for national cohesion. <laughs> Look, he played the saxophone on Arsenio, like, kind of okay. That's true. Hey, I will not impeach his saxophone skills, but I will impeach him for uh, sex crimes. Sure, fair enough. Which he... Was. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, huge yeah. sector. Yeah. yeah, no question. Anyways, Mark, war crimes. Uh, I didn't get to do my war crimes. No, you didn't get it? No, my war crime is the continued existence of Mel Gibson. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. I get, that's one of those problems, like the penny. Like, it costs more to produce yeah. than it's worth. There's no reason that we should still have it here. Unfortunately, just like the penny, Big Zinc is keeping <laughs> Mel Gibson alive. I was about to say, isn't he going to do another movie? Or did he just do a oh, movie? He's like, been... that guy is working. Oh, yeah. 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 He was nominated for an Oscar just like a couple years ago for Best oh, Director. Yeah, that's yeah. right, for that movie. For that movie about the religious guy who wouldn't shoot people at World War II or yeah. Vietnam or whatever. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But that ridge with the saws in it, saw ridge. That's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, fuck Mel Gibson. Bone saw ridge. Bone saw ridge is ready. <laughs> Bone saw. Uh, so that's going to take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is Lethal Weapon 2 an action movie? I'm going to go with yes. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, interspersed with lots of bits, but it's mostly an action movie. Yeah. John, is Lethal Weapon 2 an action movie? Yeah, in the sense of you take out a single piece of action from this and the whole thing just becomes interminable. That's true. Mm -hmm. The whole thing would collapse. Yeah. Yes. Like a souffle. Ooh. Uh, Mark, uh, is Lethal Weapon 2 an action movie? Absolutely it is. Uh, it is the smoothed out, easy listening version of Lethal Weapon 1. They take out all yeah. of their heroes like major they flaws. They for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, no, no. See, they Jimmy Buffeted it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mellow, not <laughs> smooth. Gotcha. Kind of yeah. shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the action's all really well done. Um, some of the stunt work is is dynamite stuff. Um, sure. Obviously, it's a Richard Donner film, so it looks great. Um, yeah, but solid action movie. So that's going to take us uh, to final reviews of Lethal Weapon 2. John? It's perfectly fine. It is an encapsulation of 1980s buddy cop action comedy. Mm-hmm. Patrick? Okay, 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 okay. Great film. Great film. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Okay. 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 Uh, agreed. Uh, a lot of fun. This is the this movie more so than the first Lethal Weapon. Uh, I think with Forty Eight Hours and Midnight Run kind of forms like the trio of like buddy cop architecture yeah, movies yeah, from here on out. Right. Um, because like unlike the like the Lethal Weapon one is more of like a odd couple type movie right this right. one they're very much friends and they are straight up living together yeah at one point Riggs is just like hey Murto, where does your wife keep my laundry in your house <laughs> yeah. yeah and Murto goes on the shelf behind the dryer and he's like oh okay yeah that's <laughs> ridiculous yeah uh, uh, I will say that in terms of since this was in response of us forcing you to watch all of the Ava movies, you're welcome. Uh, this <laughs> is all the Reddit memes now. I know, right? <laughs> this is uh, definitely the 3.1 plus 1.1 of it, where it's like, yeah, this is definitely like the, the best one. It's got the most stuff I like in it, but it is also like 
a little too long. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the middle of this movie, pretty yeah, you flabby. Could tighten it up. Yeah, yeah flabby. And, and just a shade, a shade under uh, uh, two hours. It's uh, it's, a, it's a little bit. A little bit lengthy. You could probably knock 15 minutes off of this and make a real, just like fast-paced, like, yeah, fun movie. 15 minutes just off the fucking. Yeah. yeah. The fucking goes on for a long time. Yeah, they're fucking and for it's a while. Un- and, and, like, the fuck positions are unnatural and stiff. They yeah. seem to be constantly through a sheet. Yes. yes. Like, there's always a sheet between them physically in a lot of yes. shots. Yes, and there's Lord, not a lot of Lord, let's thrusting. hope that's true. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, and there's also not a lot of thrusting. There's a lot of just sort of, like... Slaying on top of it. There's a lot of them planking on each other. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I do prefer that, to be honest with you, (laughs) because isn't it in Double Impact with the boat fucking that we're just watching huge thrusts? Oh, yeah. Huge thrusts. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's the best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, this guy wants Lethal Weapon with full penetration. (laughs) Look, if you got me a Van Damme movie and I got full thrusting Van Damme ass, I am 100%. On board. The fact that Van Damme never hanged brain in a movie makes me sad. Yeah, there's still time. There's still time. That's true, man. Yeah. Drop some hog on me, JCVD. <laughs> Let's see it. Yeah. I, Yikes. Predator 2 is definitely 3.0, where it is a huge mess with some real crazy good highlights. Sure, sure. And I can't remember what the other two movies Patriot were. Games. Patriot Games. Patriot Games 1, where it's like predictable, paint by numbers. I've seen it a bunch already. Yeah, you knew where it was all going to go. Yeah. And then... Um, Ip Man. Ip Man. Oh yeah, by default, the best movie unto itself, even though it maybe isn't as cohesive. 2.22. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Patrick, this is the end of Into the Bromleyverse. Is there anything you want to say to wrap all this up? <laughs> I'm glad that I could make John suffer a little bit, too. Sure. So I should have gotten a Western in there, but I did make you watch a Mel Gibson movie. That's true. That's true. And that means something to me. <laughs> yeah. That's we a victory. We didn't watch either of the three tens to Yuma. We didn't and watch I, either, yeah. And I assumed we were going to watch them both for a 620 <laughs> to Yuma. You know, I thought about it. <laughs> well, no, it's 310 both ways. Yeah, 620 to Yuma. 310 to Yuma and then 310 <laughs> to Yuma again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one's Yuma, California, and the other one's Yuma, Colorado. Gotcha. So I will say, listeners, if you were thinking about a 310 to Yuma, definitely go with the original. Really? I like the remake. I mean, it's not bad, but I'll definitely take the original over the remake. That's fair. That's fair. The Russell Crowe and is it... Bale. Bale. Yeah, Yeah. Russell Crowe and Bale, yeah. I don't love Christian Bale. He's kind of a nothing actor. I like, think it depends on the movie. Here's well, the thing is, like, he can disappear into a role, but I'm never impressed by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I there are some movies I think he gives legitimately great perform. I think in the Big Short, he gives a legitimately great performance. Sure. In a, yeah, I, I wouldn't say great movie, but like he's legitimately great in it. I think he's legitimately great in the Prestige. Uh, I think he's prob. I think he's really, really good. Uh, in a kind of not holding up movie uh, in American Hustle as like another shithead Shit, guy. Shit, American mm. Hustle. That's yeah. a movie I didn't even watch. Holy He's, sh- With uh, fucking Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. In that? yeah. yeah. She is the best part of the movie where she gets a microwave and she keeps calling it a science oven. <laughs> and, and immediately, like right at the way, they're like, you can't put metal in, in the microwave. And then later on in the movie... Bradley Cooper comes home and he's like, what's this? What's with all the smoke? And she's like, I put metal in the science oven. <laughs> um, 
And you know, I actually just rewatched American Psycho the other day, and he's really good in that too. I think I am just repelled by American Psycho in the same way that I am repelled by Fight Club. Of there's there's nothing necessarily wrong with the movie itself. I just fucking hate everybody who says it's their favorite movie. Absolutely, definitely the case. <laughs> Absolutely definitely the case. That is the biggest problem with American Psycho are the people who fetishize American Psycho. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, and like. The fact that Brett Easton Ellis doesn't like the movie American Psycho makes me like the movie American Psycho more. Yeah, sure. no, I was about to say, because yeah. that guy's an asshole, so he's probably yeah, wrong. absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think Christian Bale is a good actor. I think he needs a really strong director, mm. because otherwise he's just going to do, like, baseline Christian Bale whatever. Yeah. Like, and you, that's how you get, like, Terminator Salvation. Christian oh. Bale. Yeah. Oh, boy. Was it worth it? Yelling at that lighting grip? I mean, for him. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm sure the paycheck was. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyways, that's going to do it for the end of Into the Bromleyverse. We are now out of the Bromleyverse. What even happens next? I think... I think we watch Akira. (laughs) Oh, absolutely not. We're going to have to pick a weekend day. (laughs) Uh, Start at like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no, we're gonna <laughs> have beers to out, boys. We're gonna be here a while. Maybe, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll watch. Uh, I don't know, Short Circuit or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch something real. I wait. Did we do Short Circuit? I don't remember. No, no, no we definitely haven't watched Johnny Five in we, the last we, six years. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think we do either The Wire or Northern Exposure. Sure, okay. Ooh, classy. I'll see if I can track one or both of those down. Yeah. God, I know I, I had... I The Wire. I know I had Northern Exposure at one point. Oh, I we should do like a concurrent comparison. Oh, yeah. Do like one episode of each. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. tournament, yeah. Sure, yeah. turns out they have more in common than you think. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney-Taylor, and Mark Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, and leave us a rating or review. You can check us out on Facebook, find us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.